Welcome to First Formation, a weekday podcast for high church lowlifes like me, Logan Isaac, looking to get the fuck up and pray. This is where Pew Pew HQ shares morning prayers for the humble, hearty folk caught in the crosshairs of God and country. A podcast for anyone who cares for soldiers and veterans enough to follow us into the mud and the suck, to hear the good news through grunts and with grunts in the unity of the Holy Spirit as one church forever and ever. Fall in. Psalm 118, verses 1 through 2 and 14 through 24. Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for she is good. Her steadfast love endures forever. Let Israel say, her steadfast love endures forever. The Lord is my strength and my might. She has become my salvation. There are glad songs of victory in the tents of the righteous. The right hand of the Lord does valiantly. The right hand of the Lord is exalted. The right hand of the Lord does valiantly. I shall not die, but I shall live, and recount the deeds of the Lord. The Lord has punished me severely, but she did not give me over to death. Open to me the gates of righteousness, that I may enter through them and give thanks to the Lord. This is the gate of the Lord. The righteous shall enter through it. I thank you that you have answered me and become my salvation. The stone that the builders rejected has become the chief cornerstone. This is the Lord's doing. It is marvelous in our eyes. This is the day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Judges chapter 4, verse 17 through 23, and chapter 5, verses 24 through 31. Now Sisera had fled away on foot to the tent of Jael, wife of Heber the Kenite. For there was peace between King Jabin of Hazor and the clan of Heber the Kenite. Jael came out to meet Sisera and said to him, Turn aside, my lord, turn aside to me, have no fear. So he turned aside to her into the tent, and she covered him with a rug. Then he said to her, Please give me a little water to drink, for I am thirsty. So she opened a skin of milk and gave him drink and covered him. He said to her, Stand at the entrance of the tent, and if anybody comes and asks you, Is anyone here? Say no. But Jael, the wife of Heber, took a tent peg and took a hammer in her hand and went softly to him and drove the peg into his temple until it went down into the ground. He was lying fast asleep from weariness, and he died. Then, as Barak came in pursuit of Sisera, Jael went out to meet him and said to him, Come, I will show you the man whom you are seeking. So he went into her tent, and there was Sisera lying dead with a tent peg in his temple. So on that day God subdued King Jabin of Canaan before the Israelites. Most blessed of women be Jael, the wife of Heber the Kenite, of tent-dwelling women most blessed. He asked water and gave him milk. She brought him curds in a lordly bowl, She put her hand to the tent peg and her right hand to the workman's mallet. She struck Sisera a blow. She crushed his head. She shattered and pierced his temple. He sank. He fell. He lay still at her feet. At her feet he sank. He fell. Where he sank, there he fell dead. Out of the window she peered. The mother of Sisera gazed through the lattice. Why is his chariot so long in coming? Why tarry the hoofbeats of his chariots? Her wisest ladies make answer, 
Indeed, she answers the question herself. Are they not finding and dividing the spoil? A girl or two for every man. Spoil of dyed stuffs for Israel, for Sisera. Spoil of dyed stuffs embroidered. Two pieces of dyed work embroidered for my neck as spoil. So perish all your enemies, O Lord, but make your friends be like the sun as it rises in its might, and the land head rest for forty years. Revelation chapter 12, verses 1 through 12. A great portent appeared in heaven, a woman clothed with the sun, with the moon under her feet and on her head a crown of twelve stars. She was pregnant and crying out in birth pangs in the agony of giving birth. Then another portent appeared in heaven, a great red dragon with seven heads and ten horns and seven diadems on his heads. His tail swept down a third of the stars from heaven and threw them to the earth. Then the dragon stood before the woman who was about to bear a child so that he might devour her child as soon as it was born. And she gave birth to a son, a male child, who was to rule all the nations with a rod of iron. But her child was snatched away and taken to God and to his throne. And the woman fled into the wilderness where she has a place prepared by God so that she can be nourished for 1,260 days. And war broke out in heaven. Michael and his angels fought against the dragon. The dragon and his angels fought back, but they were defeated, and there was no longer any place for them in heaven. The great dragon was thrown down, that ancient serpent who was called the devil and Satan, the deceiver of the whole world. He was thrown down to earth, and his angels were thrown down with him. Then I heard a loud voice in heaven proclaiming, Now have come the salvation and the power and the kingdom of our God and the authority of his Messiah. For the accuser of our comrades has been thrown down, who accuses them day and night before our God. But they have conquered him by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony, for they did not cling to life even in the face of death. Rejoice then, you heavens, and those who dwell in them, But woe to the earth and the sea, for the devil has come down to you with great wrath, because he knows that his time is short. Well, there's a lot going on in Scripture for Tuesday of Easter week. Um, The the song of Deborah from Judges 5 is some of the oldest. uh, text in the Hebrew Bible it talks about Jael, but it's uh, it's contained within the story of Deborah. Um, and I talk about that in Forgotten Country in that order. My second book, the um, Revelation, the the scripture from Revelation, the woman. In case it's not too clear, <laughs> is um, is Mary giving birth to Jesus and the the devil, uh, who's in the appearance of a dragon has swept a third of the stars from heaven. And that's supposed to symbolize the fall of a third of the heavenly host who followed Satan, um, who who were cast to the earth. Um, And that's a setup to the final part of this passage when Michael defeats the dragon. Um, And so in Revelation is where we get this image of a soldier on horseback slaying a dragon with a spear um, through the mouth. Um, and that's important because April 23rd 
is the feast of George of Palestine, uh, usually just called St. George. He's one of the most popular and well-known saints um, in the world. Um, but the, the tale of the dragon is a bit of embellishment. Um, I think it's interesting that it falls on today's reading um, because George's feast day is set on the 23rd. Um, and this reading for year C in, you know, on Tuesday of Easter week just, you know, just happens to align, which is just one of those things that I think the RCL is just really wonderful for. Um, the story of George, who's our soldier saint for today, um, is actually historically reliable. We know some amount uh, about George. We know he's from Cappadocia, which is in kind of like the East Central Europe, um, kind of east of Italy, but not so far in that you get into modern day Russia. Um, <clears throat> and he's from there, but he makes his way eventually to Jerusalem um, in the, uh, I want to say the third, third century. Maybe it was even earlier, now I can't remember. Um, but we know he was some kind of horse soldier um, and later. Um, uh, documents he's depicted as a as a knight, even though that didn't really exist um, at the time. Um, and he's called George of Palestine because that's where he's killed. Um, and the uh, the the bit with a horse and a dragon comes out in the 16th century um, with um, Jacob de Vorgine's, uh Golden Legend. And if I haven't mentioned this before, it's this romanticization of a number of saints' stories. Some of them are kind of bland, and on its face, it, it presents itself as a historical kind of document. But many of the stories are really embellished. You know, dragons don't exist. Sorry if I'm spoiling that for you. Um, and uh, Dvorak just wanted to popularize the saint stories, and he did so successfully but also coincided with the Protestant Reformation and uh, a lot of uh, dissent uh, toward the Catholic Church. And so one of the things that uh, the Protestant Reformation had against the Catholic Church was the worship and embellishment of these stories, these saint stories. And uh, St. George is one of the most popular ones at Dvorak's time and even before that. Um, but the, um, the, what little we know about him is that he likely did come from um, a, uh, a kind of Central Eastern Europe. Um, and he makes his way to Palestine. He uh, probably participates in the persecution of Diocletian to some extent because if he's a horse soldier, he's probably close to the emperor. Um, and as, as often kind of occurs officers were required to make open confessions or um, um, practices that acknowledge Caesar as a, a, a kind of God. George objects and he's put through a series of torments. One of them is a wheel uh, of swords or knives that is run along his back in some way. Um, depending on which manuscript, he's beheaded several times, he's resurrected miraculously by God. Um, uh, and again, a lot of this is kind of early embellishment. Um, 
biography at the time, I'm sorry, yeah, biography at the time was kind of a new deal. Um, the, uh, the most historically reliable at the time were St. Anthony, the story of St. Anthony by Jerome, and then the story of St. Martin by Sulpitius Severus. Um, and those were the first to really, like, give a crap about historical details. Um, and the story of George was a little bit more far-fetched. Um, but um, we do know that um, there's reports of him being killed in Lydda, which is just south of Tel Aviv, which at the time was Palestine. Um, and he's killed um, eventually, depending on which manuscript, how many times it takes. Um, the story of the the dragon is, is a whole lot later, and he gets conflated with St. Michael, the archangel, who does battle with the dragons, or with the dragon who is Satan. And so some confusion of right here in Revelation, Revelation 12, and the, the popularization of George in the, you know, in the 14th, 15th century, and then when it's kind of put down into pen and paper in the 16th with Dvorjian. Um, so you'll see a lot of icons. If there's a man on horseback with a long spear killing a dragon, um, and sometimes it's it's a man on the ground stepping on the face of Satan with a long spear kind of aimed at him, those may be Michael or George. Michael if he has wings, George if he does not. Um, and so it's really interesting to think about um, how these stories develop and how they had so much to do with these soldier stories because in the third century when a lot of these begin making their way to paper, um, even though they may have happened, you know, a century beforehand, um, by the time they make their way to paper, it's this massive persecution under Diocletian and a lot of these military officers are being outed because they would have been, because they were higher up in the ranks, they would have been expected to do these things. The lower enlisted kind of grunts, um, typically they don't become saints because they're just never required to make any overt gesture that violates their faith. There's some debate whether or not that objection is about violence or false worship. And, I mean, I won't get into why I think that's the same thing. But um, today, again, is George's Feast Day. So we will have uh, an event at St. George for the prayer um, instead of the Tuesday of Easter week collect, which is prescribed by the, the BCP. But it's just interesting to think about how soldier stories inter between history and tradi oral tradition and scripture and then like I don't know it just tickles me to death that today we read of Michael and the dragon and and Michael becomes this kind of prototype or, or uh, caricature that we put George into of defeating this fanciful dragon from Revelation 12. Prayer dedicated to St. George. Almighty God, who gave to your servant George boldness to confess the name of our Savior Jesus Christ before the rulers of this world, and courage to die for this faith, grant that we may always be ready to give a reason for the hope that is in us, and to suffer gladly for the sake of our Lord Jesus Christ, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, forever and ever. Amen. Thank you.
Thank you for falling into Pew Pew HQ's first formation, where we share morning prayers for the humble, hardy folk caught in the crosshairs of God and country. If you like what you've heard, I hope you'll consider participating in one of the three following ways. First, you can support this podcast with a monthly contribution at anchor.fm slash firstformation. You can sponsor morning prayer for Pew Pew people with as little as a dollar a month, and you can cancel at any time if I ever piss you off. Second, you can become a co-host yourself by recording a lectionary reading and sending it to me to be included in a weekday episode of your choosing. Instructions for co-hosts can be found in earlier episodes, and you don't have to be a grunt to participate in First Formation in this or any way. Finally, and maybe most importantly, you can send me your prayer requests of a minute or less with a voice message feature on Anchor's iOS or Android apps. Prayers may be added to a morning prayer episode, aired anonymously if you wish, or kept private for me to pray for off-air. So there you have it. Three ways to participate in morning prayers for Pew Pew people. I hope you will continue to listen in and maybe even consider participating yourself. This has been and always will be Logan Isaac. Always faithful, always family. Semper Familia.